1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Welcome to Hub City Homers. This is episode 27. We are back after a short hiatus due to scheduling. We are talking today about Tech Baseball. We are finally approaching an opening day. Tonight is Thursday. a little past 8.15. So tomorrow we will have baseball. It is finally upon us. Tech's probably, arguably most successful modern sport, even more so than basketball. The Texas Tech Baseball program will take the field. We're also, of course, got a major game in basketball this weekend. We have the Texas Longhorns in Austin, a game that... It's probably arguably, or I don't even know if it's an argument at this point, Tech is on paper most difficult remaining game on the schedule. It is a game everybody wants to win for any number of reasons, but not most least importantly is the idea that a win here could lock up a two seed for you as long as you take care of business down the stretch. We may also make brief mention about the Oklahoma game because Jack and I will actually be in Austin. So our scheduling means that we probably won't have a chance to record before Oklahoma, but that we're going to play by ear. We've got to focus on the more important events first and foremost of which is baseball. So Jack, this has always been your time of the year. You've always taken the lead on these with the staff. The, The preview article is out, which everybody should read, by the way, if you haven't read it. Not everybody has time for the podcast, but everybody's got time to read an article. So give that a read. It's a great read. But Jack, you're looking at Tech in this opening weekend. And, you know, just what's 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 start. What's start on the, um, the I guess the, the the micro level here and just focus on these next few games. You know, what's your expectations for this opening weekend? Should Tech expect to enter, you know, the next week
1: unbeaten? Well, it is my favorite time of year. Yes, it's baseball season once again. And I have a feeling that a lot more eyes are going to be on college baseball this year because God knows what's going to happen with the major leagues uh, with their whole lockout situation going on right now. So I feel like college baseball has really a very big potential to grow this season. But um, to back to your question, I just think this weekend is more to kind of find out who – Tech is as a team. Uh, if you remember, Tech participated in this tournament last year, went zero and three against good quality SEC teams, and um, it it wasn't the end of the season by any uh, means, no pun intended. But um, I I feel that uh, you you feel the same about this team, uh, no matter what your record is after this weekend. I feel like a lot of uh, what you're, you're trying to find out, uh, the lineups that are going to mesh and uh, where you're going to start certain guys for a majority of the year. You know, um, is Cole Stillwell going to be primarily your first baseman? What games is he going to slide in to catch to uh, you know, save Hudson White's legs if Hudson White does indeed get the starting catcher spot on opening day? Uh, you know, we know that Andrew Morris is going to get the start on Friday. Uh, bird cells going to throw on Saturday and then freshman Mason Molina will throw on Sunday. Um, I think that in these games, you kind of find out what you have from your pitching staff. Also, you know what you have from bird cell for the most part. Uh, unless, I mean, unless he's, uh, you know, kind of, uh, found a new pitch or something in the off season. But, uh, I think you really, you really are interested to see how Andrew Morris, uh, functions at the D1 power five level. Uh, he absolutely killed it at Colorado Mesa. Uh, had about 175 innings and 215-ish strikeouts over two years at Colorado Mesa, which is a D2 school. So I think that his his type of style really transitions well to the Big 12. Uh, kind of like a Patrick Monteverde of sorts, but kind of a different throwing style altogether kind of more uh, his control seems to be a little better uh, than Pat's last year. He's a little shaky at times, but he, uh, you know, he kind of improved on that as the season went on. Um, I really think that you're going to learn a lot about some of these guys that maybe the names aren't very familiar. Uh, You know, you have Ty Coleman who transferred in from Texas A&M who is vying for a starting spot. Uh, You have people like Cooper Swanson, uh, who transferred from Florida State? Dalton Porter, who transferred in from Texas. So this team is really kind of more mixed than I think uh, any of Tim Tim Tadlock's teams have really ever been. Uh, I definitely know this is probably the most transfers he's taken in at one during one off season. So it's very it's very uh, compelling roster. The ceiling is astronomical. The ceiling is very high. Um, also, I think this is kind of a team where the, the floor is also a little lower than it has been in the past. That's why you're seeing these rankings at the beginning of the year start. I mean, you have some publications that have tech at the three spot or four spot, but then you have teams or uh, publications like Baseball America that have tech at number 24. It's, it's not due to disrespect for Tim Tadlock or for the program or the talent that's on this team. It's mostly the fact that they really don't know how this team is going to look or what lineups are going to come together. So to answer your question, I think you feel the same way, no matter the record after this weekend, as long as you find out some, something about your team and about certain individuals that, you know, may have never played at a, at a power five level or a D one level, even uh, I think that you find out a lot about this team. uh, And I mean, you basically cement what you already know, but you, you, basically further your knowledge on some of the bigger question marks for this team.
0: Let me say two things about the opening start of the of, of baseball season is first and foremost, flow baseball and flow sports in general can suck it. I mean, it's, it is absolutely absurd to me that you can have Michigan, Auburn and Arizona and not have any of those games on a broadcast station that anybody cares to watch about. I mean, that, that, that that's just, bonkers to me that i have to pay and it's not cheap for those of you who looked into this last year and in previous baseball sessions and some of these basketball um exhibition games that have been you know streamed here it, it is not a particularly cheap service so i i cannot believe that in the year of our lord 2022 major college baseball is being streamed on fucking flow sports
1: i unfortunately i unfortunately had to bite the bullet and i did purchase it I'm not happy about it, but I also read a very interesting fact about this. Now that we're talking about this, I read some. I think I read somewhere last year that this this company, Flow Baseball, makes something like twenty five to thirty percent of their revenue just on this weekend alone, because fans from all six of these teams that are in this thing just buy the one month pass just to watch these games and then cancel it right after. But the one month pass, I think it's like thirty bucks, and you can buy a yearly thing from them for like. 60, I think, or something like that, maybe 70. But I think th- I think I read somewhere where they make over a quarter of their revenue just off of this weekend alone.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, this is a common strategy by these streaming services. They acquire, you know, one big ticket sporting event. It's the same thing you guys know with March Madness, that like 90% of CBS's revenues come from like that weekend for some of these like True TV you know, th- these are channels that they make no money on ordinarily that are going to pick up millions and millions of dollars because of March Madness. It's just, it. what bothers me about it particularly is this only happens in baseball right now where you feel like this is not just like, you know, well, it's, it's you know, OU has Chattanooga, Tennessee on oh, Sooner Sports. Okay. If I'm not an OU fan, I'm not watching that game. Sucks for them, but it's not a national thing. I understand that. This is these are some of the best, you know, brands in college sports. Yeah, Michigan baseball is not always amazing, but they have been for the last few years been a serious contender. You know, Auburn hasn't been exactly amazing in baseball, but they are a pretty serious contender. Arizona's a pretty serious contender in and out. You know, these are major Power 5 opponents, not to mention that Tech is a top 15 team at the minimum. And I've got to pay, you know, $30 just to watch the games this weekend. It's dumb, and I won't stand for this without a comment. The only thing I'm going to say about this: I last year, you know, we had the 0 3 start against um, some some similar top tier brands, including eventual you know super team Arkansas, who was narrowly defeated in the national title. But uh, you know, I, I I took some heat for for stating effectively that Tim Tadlock does not coach these games to win them. People jumped all over me like, how could you believe he doesn't want to win these games? She's like, I don't really think he does. And I'll stand by this. You can call it how it takes if you don't. It's not that he he doesn't want to win, I should say. I'll rephrase a bit. It's more that he is not particularly worried about three random meaningless games at the start of the season. In a long baseball season in which Tech will have every opportunity to secure resume wins, He all he cares about this weekend is you play good, solid baseball, and he learns about his team you know he's, he he is still at this stage it's it, like you said it's the rotation it's you know individual plays it's 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 lineups it's you know defensive arrangements it's how do guys respond to the pressure in the moment it's all of this stuff he's trying to find out about his team and i don't think he cares if tech goes 0 and 3 he'd love to go 3 and 0 but i i uh, this is the kind of thing that then baseball is particularly fun because you can take all the pressure off this weekend and just enjoy having college baseball back if that's your thing um, if it's not your thing well too bad because we you know we're here it's upon us the end of sporting season is approaching or uh, the end of um, football, basketball season is approaching we're heading towards March with that being said, with March approach and we still have a few more games to go, Tech's most difficult remaining challenge on the schedule on paper. And I'm knocking on, you know, wood, plastic, steel, whatever you got. Because on paper, the last major challenge will be Texas. That means nothing in the Big Twelve, and you will almost certainly find a way to break my heart. You know, Tech basketball. I'm praying they don't, but we know for a fact going to Austin will be a challenge. Tech took care of and was physically better in every phase of the game in Lubbock. You're going to have a very weird environment in Austin. We'll get we'll go over some of this stuff here in a minute. I'm going to let Kendall open the floor with this game. And I want to focus on something. We talked about this a bit in our pre-meeting. I think it's a good point that we should talk about. Kendall, Tech has been, you know, beyond good at home. They've just been phenomenal, damn near unbeatable at home. Uh, haven't lost a game. And they, a lot of them haven't even been particularly close. Um, I think Tech does go perfect at home. But on the road... It's been a different story. How much of what Tech is doing on the road is just the result of, you know, it's hard to win road basketball games? And how much of this is legitimate concerns about Tech, you know, having to play, obviously, March Madness games at some sort of neutral site outside of the safe confines of the USA?
2: Uh, I think that uh, a lot of Tech's road struggles to me. Really, I don't think they're playing that much different on the road Versus at home, what I see is, you know, at home and on the road, Tech gets in a lot of stretches where they just can't make shots. And, um, you know, we can get through those stretches at home because we are able to get uh, foul calls. We're able to get into the paint and get to the free throw line. But on the road, we don't get the benefit of a whistle uh, very often. Uh, And that's where a lot of our – we generate a lot of our offense – uh, by just attacking relentlessly and getting teams in foul trouble. And I think that also another thing is, you know, when tech does get in those stretches where they are struggling to make shots at home, uh, most of the time, uh, the road team also is just struggling to make shots. But I think a lot of teams are going to make shots when they're playing at home versus shots. They'll probably miss on the road because they're playing in their home gym. Uh, Tech does give up a lot of uh, open threes on skip passes and you can get away with that at home, but on the road you definitely can't uh, leave like some of these teams' best corner shooters uh, wide open in the corner off of skip passes. I think that Tech is just going to need to be uh, a lot better on their defensive rotations on the perimeter. I think that they really just are going to need to be quicker out to contest shots. Uh, and I think part of that, I mean, Tech just hasn't been fully healthy all year. We haven't, like, if it's not one minor nagging injury to someone like Kev or TJ, it's someone like uh, Adonis rolling an ankle or something or what happened at West Virginia. Uh, just small injuries that I think that t- ruin Tech's flow on the road where uh, typically, with the crowd behind them at home, if something like that happens, and we saw that against TCU, uh, if one of our players goes down, we're able to kind of get an energy. But if you see some of your players get nicked up on the road, it's just kind of hard to bounce back from that. And if you really go look back at a lot of our road games, that has happened. The only games that I don't think we've had some sort of injury happen seems like it's been a uh, at I would say Kansas. Uh, OU, we didn't really see any, but OU, we just sucked. Uh, I think that what Tech really needs to do uh, this weekend is attack the paint consistently. We just, I think Tech has done such a good job uh, recently of uh, not forcing threes when they're not there. Uh, we don't. We've learned that we don't have. Uh, the shooters necessarily that a lot of elite offensive teams have, but we're able to attack the paint harder than just about any team in the big 12. And I don't know that there's many uh, teams in the nation that have uh, as many guys as tech does that are able to attack the paint consistently. So uh, I think the keys to kind of just avoiding what we've really had on the road recently is just going to be making Texas uncomfortable, forcing turnovers, uh, but also just finishing at the rim and trying to get calls because it's going to be a weird environment. You are going to be able to get a little bit of energy from that crowd because you know there's going to be a lot of Red Raider fans there. Now, we don't necessarily know uh, how many are going to be there. We don't know if it's like initially when we were trying this takeover Austin, we figured that tech would have the majority, but now it seems like with all the stop ticket sales and stuff that it could be closer to like 50, 50, but still tech is going to be able to get some energy from their road fans. Cause I think that they're going to hear how many people are there and it's really going to be able to fire the team up. But, uh, I would just really, I, I don't think the team's going to come out slow this game. Uh, it's going to be hard to, you're playing, Chris Beard. I think from here on out, just about any tech team that plays Texas with Chris Beard on from now on, I just think there's going to be a little bit of an edge, uh, no matter who's on the roster. So I think that this tech team is going to come out pretty aggressive, and uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Because uh, you know Texas in their past couple home games, it seems they have actually started to get kind of a groove at home. Uh, notably that Kansas game. Uh, that game, they were really able to get a lot of uh, good open looks that they really weren't developing uh, earlier in the year. But uh, it's it's Texas at the end of the day, though. they Their home court advantage is the worst in the Big 12. It has been for years. Uh, that is not going to be much of a factor to me. Uh, so I don't... I think that... Uh, tech will be able to get going, but I, you know, you never know. We have been pretty inconsistent on the road, so I guess it's just going to be interesting to see what happens because it's not end all be all if tech loses this game. Like, it's uh, you really want to win it, but tech is still in a good position if they don't. But uh, I'm just really looking forward to a really good game though. The
0: environment for Texas is going to be interesting. Um, I'll be there. So as will Jack, like we said, you know, I, I remember buying tickets. And when that first, you know, kind of leak happened with the code to get you access to them. And I waited no shit. Ten minutes. It, I, I was communicating with my family about what we should do. And by the time I got back, every single ticket had been bought off of that site. Texas had shut it down. Um, so I went to resale, and I know kidding again. Waited about five minutes to discuss a pair of ticket prices, and they went from you know forty dollars resale to seventy dollars resale. So the 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 I thought at the time I had was not necessarily what Texas was doing, but I was just thinking, wow, it's it's pretty wild how quickly tech fans are buying these up. And then you start to dig into this story a bit more, and it just gets dumber. The the, the whole thing around the ticket situation for this game this weekend is one of the most embarrassing debacles in major college sports that isn't getting enough attention. I mean, this is just hysterically pathetic, but the Texas athletic department by Chris Delconte himself, by Chris Beard, by the ticketing office, anybody who had a hand in this should be, you know, if there was justice in the world, you know, they, they would feel bad about themselves for more than a minute. Uh, But these guys are just going to shrug it off because they did what they had to do. Um, there are many stories, rumors, innuendo, whatever you call it, about who was responsible for stopping the ticket sales. I think Chris Beard did it. Um, I think he, he, he recognizes the damage that having Tech come here and boo him in his own stadium will do to Texas's reputation. Um, I think Chris Delconte was more than happy to oblige. I think the ticketing office uses software from 1997 and didn't anticipate anybody guessing their password. And we're unprepared for the eventuality, even though this happened like three times in the last two years, that they've lost tickets doing this. Um, the end result, though, for those of you who have not kept up to date with the story, is there are going to be a literal crap ton of tickets open that they are hoping Texas students fill. This game is being played at 1130 on a Saturday. Texas fans are not historically good at basketball in the first place. Texas students are not historically very good at showing up to games. In fact, they have one of the worst student sections in any sport in the country. Um, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near to covering this. I think you're going to see somewhere between two to 4,000 seats. And I'll credit Texas. If they manage to get this full of students, that's a win, right? Like it, As embarrassing as it was that they had to do all this to stop an opposing fan base from buying tickets because their own fans suck too bad. You know, you do what you got to do. But I think you're what you're going to see is Texas is willing to take the financial loss. They're willing to be embarrassed on national television. They're willing to get laughed at on Twitter. All of that to protect Chris Beard's ego and his team um, during their home game, which speaks to uh, a huge credit to what Tech fans have done over the last few years. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Tech has traveled extremely well to opposing stadiums it's more recently that this has gotten to another level. Um, and I hope to see it continue as we close out this year with some, um, you know, you've got the trip to TCU. I hope Tech fans will go to, um, you know, that, that's another game, where that's a wide open one to take over a stadium. Um, you know, hey, we may have a game in Fort Worth for March, but more than likely we're going to be somewhere else. So hopefully we travel out of these these neutral site venues down the line. But I, I, I need to reiterate one thing. It's just I, I don't care that Texas wants to give tickets to students. What I care about is that they're doing it specifically because they were caught blind, you know, uh, blindsided. This wasn't like they prepared this. I've seen any number of Texas fans. Well, they're just trying to create a good home court advantage. That would have been fantastic. If that was the plan, this is not, we wanted to create a home, good home court advantage. This is if we sell 15,000 tickets, 10,000 of them will be bought by tech fans. We have to give 2000 to the students. And about another thousand will be bought by our own fans, and we'll still have an empty stadium.
2: So and you know, I th- just this wanna... is an
0: embarrassment for Christel Khan and that athletic department. I'm happy to see that they got shooken up by a rivalry that they don't acknowledge exists. So you know, yes, that's see, I
2: is. was just gonna gonna throw something in there on that, like the whole this isn't a rivalry BS. Uh, you can go anywhere around the nation and. Hell, whether it's an in state rival, out of state rival, you are not gonna like go to Duke UNC. You're not gonna see uh someone holding like you're not gonna see Duke holding up tickets because their fans are gonna go buy up all their tickets. Uh, you know, there hasn't been any school of recent memory to go to these measures to stop an opposing crowd takeover. And that just means, in my opinion, that just means they feel threatened and they would much rather lose. Like, thousands of dollars. they If they were to release this ticket right now, Tech fans would be paying... I guarantee Tech fans are willing to pay hundreds of dollars to get these tickets. Like, There's a lot of them that would just love to go to this game. And that is what Texas is willing to sacrifice just to make sure Tech doesn't take over their own arena. And that just speaks volumes to how threatened they are to me that program feels because like everyone knows we witnessed it with beard for years. Like he loves to get that home court advantage and kudos to him for like, even this year I do, I will give him credit where it's due. Like Texas's crowd has been somewhat better this season than it has in the past, but he has failed in the sense that he is taking like, to me, all this does is it's taking attention off the game itself. And it, in my opinion, it's just unwanted attention on Texas' side. But I guess what do I know in that department? Uh, but They
1: want all the attention. In their mind, uh, any press is good press. And they can spin it that way because they have that stupid-ass fucking Longhorn Network to do it.
2: Well, yeah. And the thing is about this whole thing is... If Texas goes out and loses this game, they just look that much worse because, you know, they try to do all this stuff to stop Tech fans from coming when really Beard should have been more focused on getting his team prepared. And, you know, that seems like... To me, what it has seemed like, especially with that first game in Lubbock, Beard cannot wait to get the Tech games over with. He does not want he wants to see as few tech fans as possible he wants to deal with as little stuff concerning tech as possible because you know even since his introductory press conference with texas he has mentioned tech as little as possible and uh i think that he is just setting himself up and his program up for embarrassment and i there's a lot of rumors to like you know, guys wanting to transfer out of Texas or whatever earlier this year. And there's some stuff going on with Trey Mitchell, which nobody really knows uh, what's going on with that. But uh, I just think that it, everything that's happened to Texas this year is a really, really bad look for them.
0: Yeah, I, I I've been trying to think if there's another example of this ever happening, and I can't. Um, I, I I can't think of another example in which the only reason you were forced to hold back tickets was because you thought you couldn't sell them to your own fans. That the, the 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 opposing fans were so organized and your fans so bad that you had the only solution you could think of is we would just rather give them away for free to students that we can't really count on showing up. And like I said, maybe the students will flood the venue. Maybe me and Jack will be there in a sea of. Whatever stupid color they're wearing—white, burnt orange—I don't really care. And there'll be six thousand Red Raiders and eleven thousand, you know, Texas faithful, and that'll be the show. I find that hard to believe. I don't think you have to do this stuff if the organic interest is actually there for a basketball game. Um, you know, the mimosas on tap, the the forced nature of this stupid tailgate—it just. They saw what happened in Lubbock and the the attention that game got. They know there's going to be media all over this game, and they're afraid. And it, it, it tickles to me to death that the flagship university is this scared. Um, I'm going to pivot back to basketball. I just Ch- want to well, my soapbox. Ch-
1: mimosas, you said mimosas on tap. I might have to uh, stop by the Chris
2: Beard town early for
1: –
2: I'm going to if, get a little if, bit of an orange he, pin or something just so you can go get some of the uh, – If, all if is, you wear
0: white – and have something orange on your person. The amount of swag you may acquire could be pretty substantial. I'm just saying. There's free if he's water in right the right bill. There.
1: If he's footing the bill, I might. I might have to stop in, infiltrate the enemy, get a free uh, get a free taquito and some mimosas. and then it. and then I'll and then I'll and then I'll obviously change back to my. Red shirt that I'm gonna wear, which will be a red tech baseball shirt because you gotta support both teams while you're doing
0: I'm it. Just you know, saying, I'm I don't think there's gonna be enough people to eat this crap, so we should help them out. If
2: Beard, you know, if he was good, really, really effing good at one thing, it was doing these fun, like, well, stupid, but fun promotions, uh, to just influence more people to get to games and. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, a lot of that beer and stuff is going to be more consumed by tech fans than anything. But I guess we'll see. Well, you have you to know, have a
1: you have to have a fan base that's want, that wants to be interested in it first, and well, that's yeah, that's can, that's ninety percent of the battle. I, I just There's, I
0: don't buy inherently that Chris Beard's problem in Lubbock was that tech fans didn't care about basketball. Chris Beard's problem when he arrived to Lubbock is tech sucked at basketball. I was at Tubby Smith games when the team was getting better. They were sold out. They were sold out games. Tech, Chris Beard gets the credit for building a home field advantage, and that's great. I He worked as hard as anybody to do it, but the reality of the situation was Tech was waiting for a team to start winning. I remember the OU game where Tech knocks off you know, highly rated Oklahoma with Buddy Heald. That game, I waited in line for an hour to get the T-shirt for that game because it was a cool shirt. I couldn't even go to the game, by the way. I I had a math test that next day and needed to study. I waited in line. There was a line around the whole university waiting for that game because we were good. They were, they were getting better. It, It just, there, there's something maddening to me about all this stuff. This is, I think that's Chris Beard year one, you know, when the team was horrible on the road, but won a lot at home. Um,
1: you know th- that I mean, speaking of old things, do you I don't know if I mean, you probably there you're there for the Tubby. I remember God, it had to be early, early Tubby Smith years uh, when I remember one game specifically, I can't even remember who we were playing. But damn, I if I didn't show up to the game, to the basketball game 10 minutes after tip and get a, a seat in the second row. And it was, no, it was no problem. There were plenty of seats in the second row of that student section. And this was 10 minutes into the game. Like it, I mean, it used to be so dead in that arena. And, and again, I'll take this opportunity to say congratulations to Tubby Smith if he really is hanging it up for good. It is a very impressive career. And uh, you can't really talk about the game of basketball in the South uh, nowadays without talking about Tubby Smith in some way, shape, or form. So uh, congratulations on a great career and thank you for t- setting Tech basketball in the right direction and uh, recruiting the guys that you did because without Tubby Smith, I think all three of us can agree that without Tubby Smith, uh, Texas Tech basketball would be in a much worse place than it is right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's what has to be said is I remember I went to Tubby the year they made the NCAA tournament, I think that was. You could sit, I was watching a game against High Point, and there were maybe like a thousand fans in the crowd. This was after two this is after Pat Knight destroyed the program. This is after Tubby's still hasn't made the NCA tournament. I remember the next year Chris Beard inherits the core nucleus of Tubby's guys and the stadium sold out because the team was better. I it just I think this it can't be said enough how easy it was for Chris Beard to sell tech, you know, people on the idea of a twenty win basketball team. You know, you went from 18, I think, wins to 24 that next season. If if you want to ask me what's more responsible than anything for building a successful, you know, attendance in Lubbock, it is the fundamental ability to win games. I think in Texas, it is not just that you've gotta win games, you gotta do it with style. You gotta work a thousand times harder. If you lose, they're gone. You've gotta hope that the timing's right, you've gotta pray that their student body isn't too high. I, I the number of factors that play into what it takes to build a successful atmosphere at Texas is wildly different than what it does at Tech because that's what you're seeing, right? Texas is a top twenty basketball team, and we're still having a conversation about them not being able to get folks in their own venue. They've showed up for two games this season. Rick Barnes returning, where they showed up for Rick Barnes, and credit to them in Kansas. They've been a top. They were a top five preseason basketball team, not showing up to the games. I, I, we we spent a lot of time talking about the crowd, and part of the reason why is we have played Texas already. But I do want to beat home this point. If you ask me, just up or down, who's the better fan base? It's not even close. Texas is one of the worst fan bases in the country and all sports. Um, I, I, I. I think it's a credit. I don't want to pretend that we can take too much away from what Chris Beard built, but I want to be very, very clear about one thing. is You guys have to remember how quickly he was able to do it just because the team got better. Texas started with a top-five basketball team that can't get people to show up. When Tech was picked up, when Tech picked up Chris Beard, Tubby had been to the NCAA tournament once, had not won a game in the NCAA tournament. Tech was still being picked to finish near the bottom of the big 12. And within one year you had fans selling up the stadium because the team was better. That that's, that's as the team's gotten better, the fan base has gotten better. It is easy to build a winner in Lubbock. And once they care, they care forever. So, you know, it's, we're going to transition back to on the court stuff. I just like to make fun of Texas. I'm um, about this stuff. Cause I, I, I watched this unfold and was flabbergasted that you had a major athletic department willing to take this much of a public L. I mean, I, most of the time, these guys are very, very much averse to looking bad. And this was a rare opportunity where you saw an athletic department just say straight up, like, we got beat here and there's nothing we can do about it. So, you know, my soapbox aside, congratulations to every tech fan who made that possible. That's hysterical. Um, I'm going to kick it to Jack because I've been beating away on Texas for a while for question. Jack, you're looking at tech's performance against um, Baylor, both teams, shorthanded, both teams down critical pieces, Tech seized control in this game and kind of ran away with it towards the end. Though Baylor being Baylor fought you to all the way to the final whistle. What was your biggest takeaway from this game um, that you, you think should carry over going forward? If tech wants to have a chance to, to, to keep moving forward and competing for the big 12 title and trying to get to a two seed or one potentially even a one seed.
1: I think for this team to potentially challenge for a one seed, low one seed or, you know, kind of stay because with Lenardi's most recent brag we have the, he has this as the last two seed right now. Um, I think you need to keep having uh, basically to spread out your offense. Uh, If you have, five guys on the floor that are putting up consistently double digits. I don't see the defense will travel. The defense was a little, a little rough uh, in this one. Uh, And I'll, and I'm sure Mark Adams would be the first one to admit that the defense was a little shaky in this one, uh, especially in the first half. Uh, But I think that if you're, if you're spreading out the offense to I mean you have Davion Warren as your only guy that wasn't in double figures and he didn't even make a basket from the field so if you have four I mean four or five guys that are all in double figures I mean this team is (laughs) eons better than what we ever thought they could be even without you know McCuller I mean if you really think about it think about no one wants to sit there and go- play against Texas Tech most of, mostly because of the defense. But then you get down on the other end of the floor and all five of their starters are in double figures. I mean, you can't do anything to stop that. There's, I mean, some of the some of the games could be runaways. And I will say, you know, with with the thought that Tech could finish the season perfect at home, I agree. Um, I I really don't like to. Uh, you know, put that kind of stuff out there before it happens. Uh, but Tech has beaten every single opponent by ten point uh, double figures, other than Kansas, uh, who they beat by eight. So the USA has become a very nice place for Tech to be. I think I'm along with you guys on this. I'm really, I'm really interested in this game to see how they play on the road. Um, God knows what you're going to get at. Austin with this crowd. I, I, I'm really, I really don't even know. I mean, you mean, we talked, we're going and you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to go there and be a part of, you know, half and half 50, 50, or is it going to be 70, 30 UT people? Cause they stopped selling tickets or is it going to be 70, 30 tech people? Cause the UT people just don't want to put up with it. Uh, it's really one of the first times that I can really say that I've gone to, you know, I've, I've been to a couple of games at the drum in Austin before it, I'm going to sp- speak quite frankly about this it. piece of shit arena. And luckily, luckily for them, they're building that new one that they're going to have to rent from the city. Cause it's not even going to be a UT building, but, um, you know, the, the the drum is old. It's outdated. Texas fans don't like going there because of how old it is. Uh, I did read an article in that stupid-ass paper from Austin that's, that was blaming the arena for them not having a good turnout. That was last year with Shaka Smart as the coach. And if you don't think Texas is a cancer to the basketball coach, look at how good Shaka Smart is coaching this year at Marquette. He is absolutely killing it because he doesn't have to answer to Texas boosters, and he doesn't have just wildly inaccurate uh, you know, goals that he has to achieve uh, or get fired type scenario. But back again to this game, if, you, if O'Banner keeps getting hot, O'Banner – I think O'Banner opens this offense up more than anyone can because if his shot is falling, then it immediately opens up the floor for Bryson Williams and Terrence Shannon and even Adonis arms really. Uh, But if that shot's not falling, then you're heavily limited to, you know, possibly TJ forcing up some shots that normally he wouldn't take because he's feeling a little more pressure to score because other people aren't being able to score. Um, Another one of my gripes, because I'm being super picky right now, um, was that it happened in the game at Fog Allen, and it happened a little bit in this game from what I noticed in the first half. Uh, Bryson Williams gets hot, and for some reason we can't draw up a play to get him involved in the scoring. I I really just find it hard to believe that we have brought in all of this offensive stuff, all these offensive coaches, and done all these offensive things, but we can't draw up a play to get the ball down low to a big guy down in the paint. Um, I, I think that for, in my mind, for this team to start making a deep and I, for, for the record, I think this team can make a very deep run. If Kevin O'Banner can get hot, it opens up the offense for everyone, for everyone that's on the floor. The defense will travel. The defense will be there. The defense will keep us in games that we're not supposed to win. And, you know, it po- quite possibly could win us some games that were just terrible on offense. It has already. But the uh, a la Tennessee game at Madison Square Garden. But I think that if, the, if Kevin O'Banner gets hot, this team is so much more dangerous then people want to give them credit for because it the offense is wide open, people are scoring, the defense will be there, and I really think that this team could potentially make a very deep run.
0: Kevin O'Banner is the kind of guy that you've been waiting all year for to to return to form. I don't think there's ever been a question that he forgot how to shoot. I don't think there's ever been a question that he suddenly lost you know, like the idea of being a jump shooter, like it fell out of his head or something. I just think the problem is, is when you get in these slumps and he was slumping hard into Texas originally, then he had this last three games where he slumped again. And it's just hard for these guys to shoot themselves out of this hole, especially when you've got to play as hard as tech requires on defense, which does tire you out a bit. And especially when so many guys on your team are scoring at a good clip that you feel like you've got to get them the ball. what was frustrating about Kevin O'Banner's game when he is slumping? He's still going to shoot. You know that that's part of it. And when those shots aren't going down, it's tough to feel like you're having good possessions. So, what the best part of the what came out of the game to me against Baylor was if if he's going to take you know four or five threes a game minimum, you know he needs to make two to three of them. You know he ne- he needs to be shooting those at a high high level, or at the very least. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily think you've got to be a fifty-three or a fifty percent three-point shooter, but being a forty percent three-point shooter, you know that 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 right there opens up the entire offense for everybody. He was, I think, in the sub thirty range heading into tonight, or at thirty. So to see him start to make some shots like that in big situations was incredible. Because if 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 he's going to do that. It is easier to get Bryson Williams the ball. If you watch Baylor, what they did to Bryson Williams is they did everything they could to deny him the ball on the block because he has become essentially automatic if he touches the ball on the block. Um, I I do think that Tech struggles to get him the ball in those situations. I think you've got to scheme him open a bit better. Uh, But the biggest takeaway I have from this game is, is is this finally going to be the Kevin O'Banner coming out party? I don't need him to drop 20 a night. That was fantastic, but we don't need him to do that. But what you need him to do is give you enough three-point shooting that teams have to respect it and have to extend. Because right now, I mean, he, he's taking some of these shots where it's just like, dude, what are you thinking? But if he's going to make those shots, the defense has got to keep coming out a little bit further and a little bit further. And that opens up holes for guys like TJ, who's extremely explosive as is. That opens up holes for Naldoni, who doesn't have a jump shot at all. Davion Warren, you know, Malik Wilson, Kevin McCullough when he comes back, Bryson Williams can get his touches better. I mean, Adonis Arms can get to the rack, it just it opens up everything you want to do offensively to have a true three-point shooter on your roster. Because right now, your overall best three point shooter of the season has been Bryson Williams. And that that's not really gonna work, you know, in the tournament, more likely than not, if you want to challenge for a national title. You can get pretty far playing the brand of basketball Texas played. But what separates you from being a true Final Four national title competitor is essentially you need a shooter. And if that's going to be Kevin O'Banner, and I'm praying it is, you know, this this weekend's a good opportunity to continue that. Because if he does, uh, I, I, I don't imagine a scenario in which Texas can win. Case in point, his three-point shooting ended any chance Texas had at getting back into the game last time. Every time they got on a run, he buried a three. So he's the kind of guy that if, if this is the time where he's going to get hot um, you know, that, that, that changes the entire calculus for your offense and shifts everything for the better offensively and makes you going from like a sub 60 offense to a top 40, top 30 offense. And with this defense, that's all you need. Um, Kendall, we're going to circle back to you as we start to approach the close of this show. Um, What's the matchup you're watching for this week and the most that'll determine you know, the outcome of this game?
2: Uh, I'm just going to, I would say Tex Biggs, um, namely Bryson Williams and O'Banner, but even Bacho and Marcus Santos Silva uh, versus, you know, Timmy Allen, Dylan DeSue, uh, Christian Bishop. Without Trey Mitchell down there, uh, Dessou is starting to play a lot more off the bench. Uh, but they also have started to go a lot smaller with uh, Christian Bishop down there, and um that could play very well to Tech's advantage because our bigs are extremely athletic and can guard very consistently uh, on the perimeter, so I think look for Tech to exploit that down low, and then also, you know, Kevin McCuller, whether he plays or not, that's a big part, but uh, I expect TJ to be pretty aggressive in this game. You know, he didn't get to play much in the uh, first game. And, uh, I just think obviously he has, uh, a lot to do with coach beard and, uh, he didn't really get to play and unleash, uh, everything against, uh, Texas the first time. And I just think that TJ, these past couple of games he's starting to look like TJ again. He's explosive as hell. Uh defensively he is just uh he's a free safety and uh he gets at least one of those uh, breakaway dunks every single game. Uh, and you know the backcourt that I've really loved to see. it, We've seen it for, you know, like short 1 to 2 minute stretches uh, these past couple of games. Uh TJ Frenchie and uh, Malik Wilson, I would love to see that out there early and often against uh, Texas' guards. That is by far uh, our best defensive uh, guard lineup right now the, with everyone who's healthy. Uh, those three are three of the best on-ball defenders in the nation, uh, especially Frenchie and Malik. But TJ, in his own right, when he's fully healthy, is uh, possibly with his athleticism, the best on-ball defender in the Big 12. Uh, these guys are have really been getting after ball handlers. Uh, and it was really impressive that second half. You're not going to find a set of three guards better than Baylor's uh, with Flagler, Cryer, and uh, Akinjo. And the way that Tech was able to switch on them on the perimeter in the second half and really shut them out uh, I expect Tech to be able to do that in this game too. Uh, Mar- the thing I've noticed with uh, Marcus Carr, Courtney Ramey, and Andrew Jones is, uh, recently there hasn't been a lot of like ball movement. It's been a lot of iso ball when they get late in the shot clock, and uh, those three have the tendency to have to force up some shots, and that's just not going to work against Tech. It didn't in the first game. I mean, it did for Courtney Ramey for. Uh, a couple couple minutes in the first half, but uh, ultimately Tech has been really good against isolation, and not and Texas just doesn't make those skip passes that uh you know a lot of teams that beat Tech uh that's what they do. So I expect um Tech t- Tech really just matches up really well with Texas in my opinion. Uh, they defensively, I don't, there's not very many mismatches, uh, for us. Um, especially when we're fully healthy, uh, offensively. Um, I just think that Texas is a bit overrated on defense because of how slow they play. I just think that they're able to lull teams to sleep and, uh, kind of get them out of sorts on offense with how slow the tempo is. So I think that their defensive numbers are a little misleading, and I think Tech kind of exposed that when they were able to pick up the tempo uh, really in the first half of their uh, game a couple weeks ago. But uh, I would say as a whole, um, I do think we're going to see some different looks offensively in this game. I think that uh, really Tech has started to get... TJ going straight at the rim a lot more and it's creating a lot of open looks for, uh, uh, Kevin O'Banner in the corner and, uh, other guys like Bryson Williams down low. It's leaving a lot of opportunities for dump offs and dunks. And that was, that's really where TJ is underrated. Uh, there's a lot of things that he does that, uh, people just don't give him enough credit for. He's a hell of a playmaker. Uh, yes, he does get a little out of control sometimes down in the paint, but when he has his head up and when he is under control, he makes some of the best passes that, you know, only an NBA level talent can make. And that is the most important thing to, a te- to this team making a run. This team will, like, they just cannot make a run uh, without TJ and Kev both being healthy. Uh, we've seen in the past Tech... Uh, when they struggle with injuries in the tournament in 2018, they can get far, but you need the star power to really get over this hump. And Tech has the star power on the roster. It's just a matter of if they're healthy. And this game really is our last extremely tough test before we have to start looking towards March. Uh, And this, this has a March Madness type feel to it. This game will... Uh, not only talking with the crowd, but uh, just in general, the way the, the stakes of this game. Uh, tech is looking to stay in the Big 12 title picture, and so is Texas. Uh, but the energy in this game, it's going to feel a lot like a March game. So uh, just I expect there to be a really good energy. But um, yeah, I would say just all those things that I just said as far as what is important. But I would say the most important thing is going to be just the bigs matchup down low uh, with Trey Mitchell missing. uh, Just who kind of fills that void for Texas and how is tech really able to exploit it?
0: We're going to close out here with predictions. Um, Jack, I'm going to start with you on this one. You know, what, what, how do you think this matchup ends up? Who takes the W in Austin and uh, just just really quick, on top of that, who's most responsible for the win?
1: Uh, I, I believe Tech wins this. I think it's going to be a lot closer than the one in uh, Lubbock was. I'm going to go with Tech 74, Texas 72. Uh, I don't think there are going to be any miraculous last-second shots like with Mac McClung, but... Uh, I, I would just look for tech to be consistent throughout, um, with kind of, it's kind of going to be back and forth. The whole game is kind of the game I'm expecting, uh, tech. If you're trying to blow Texas out by 20, feel free to, uh, feel free to go against my wishes. I'm certainly okay with that. Um, but in this game, I think that, uh, the biggest person that is responsible for the success is going to be uh, Bryson Williams. I just think in all the games where we've really had a positive outcomes and really set the tone and, and really sent a message this season, uh, Bryson has been there and has led us throughout. Um, in in my mind, you know, he's he's the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. Uh, possibly, I mean, even Big 12 Player of the Year, if it weren't for Ochaibaji. uh I just I just think that uh, Bryson Williams has really has really started to cement uh, himself into something like a obviously not the same position, but in terms of what he means to the team, similar to what a uh, Matt Mooney or Tariq Owens was uh, during the during the national championship run a few years back. Um, so Bryson will have a good game. And I think Tech wins by, I'm going to go with two to four points, kind of roughly in there. No last-second shots, but I think just consistent free throws down the stretch hopefully uh, secures this win for the Red Raiders. Also, I will throw in that Tech should win all three games this weekend in Arlington, but if they don't, there's no need to worry. Still plenty of baseball left, and uh, I will be back next week with some recap of the weekend series and most likely the Dallas Baptist home opener on Tuesday.
0: I I've gone back and forth with this game because on the one hand I think, you know, any any game at home, regardless of the crowd situation we're going to see, is easier. It just it just it's fundamentally easier. You don't have to travel, you can be more in your routine. I think that's got to be a worth a point or two for Texas and I think in, in the previous matchup, that game would have been a bit closer um, in a few situations if O'Banner hadn't gotten a couple friendly, friendly roles. I think you were the better team start to finish in that game, more athletic. But I think it probably would have been like more like a 7-8 point win, maybe a 6 point win. I think you see something similar. I think you're going to see a 7, somewhere between 6-8 to eight point win for Tech. Um, you're physically more dominant. You match up very well to Texas because of that. You know Texas's defense. A lot of it is predicated on their ability to really, you know, uh, uh, move with you. You have to be able to guard all four spots uh, with anybody, or all five spots, excuse me, with anybody. And there just isn't isn't a matchup on their roster that I think you know they really should feel like they've got an athletic advantage. They've got some good guards. I think good guard play is going to be helpful. It's not like Texas a bad team. But I think Tech is just better. I think it's a better design roster. And I think when no middle plays, no middle, Chris Beard has lost that game almost every time. I mean, they got whooped by a shorthanded Baylor. Uh, they got con- they were thoroughly spanked in Lubbock. It just, they just don't look like Chris Beard doesn't know how to work against his own defense. And the biggest reason why is just because the motion offense is fundamentally flawed. You couple that in with Tech being as lengthy and athletic as they are, Texas doesn't have much athleticism at all. Um, I think you win this game. You know, you know, and I think the most important player in this game is going to be um, Taron Shannon. He wasn't really full go when they made the trip to Lubbock. He did play a little bit, mostly just so I think he could get in that game. He really wanted to be a part of it. But you know, he's full go now. I think Bryson Williams gonna have a good game. We're hoping Kevin O'Banner has another good game. You know, we're hoping to get some great play out of your your other guards. Your hoping Bacho gets a few good points. Um, but the guy the guy who's gonna be responsible for a lot of what Tech does in the McCuller until McCullough was a return is Terrence Shannon. You know, at his best, he's a 20 and 25 point player. And if he gives you that in Austin, if that's what you see in Austin, he's efficient and he scores at a high clip. There's no chance Texas in this game. And more, even more importantly than that, Marcus Carr is a phenomenal basketball player. I think, you know, Timmy Allen doesn't match up well with Bryson Williams. I don't think he matches up well with Bacho I don't think he matches up well with um, Kevin O'Banner. They are going to do a good job taking care of him. Marcus Carr is where a lot of Texas scoring is going to have to come from. You're going to need Terrence Shannon to ice him down. And don't let everything else, anything get lost on Terrence's defense because of how good he is offensively. Um, you know, he's a phenomenal on-ball defender, and that that's going to be the difference in this game. So I think he just he just shuts down anybody he guards and that's going to be tough for Texas to Common today. They really need Marcus Carr to, to, to score to have a have a good opportunity. That and a, a very friendly Tech crowd is going to help boost Tech to a victory. So Kendall, you're the last one up. What's your call on this one?
2: Um, I think that uh, a lot of Tech's games on the road have been won or lost, uh, really in the first like ten minutes, and I think this game's going to be no different. But I think uh, Tech is going to come out with a good energy early. Um, You know, I think that the most important player to me, uh, you know, both of you were kind of right with TJ and Bryson. Um, I think that really the most important player might actually be uh, Kevin O'Banner because, you know, most games we know where tech is going to get their you know, who's gonna we've gotten to the point where we know that between uh um a healthy TJ, Kev, uh Bryson Williams, uh, we typically expect those guys to be up in our top scores. But Kevin O'Banner has been up with our top scores, and he's also been down with, you know, scoring four, six, eight points. So I think um, if we can start we've already talked about this, but if O'Banner starts to get some consistency, which there's gonna be uh shots in this game for O'Banner, we know the no middle, the one thing it does uh leave open is shooters. And that worked out in O'Banner's favor in Lubbock, and I guess we're gonna see if he can finally get going on the road. Uh, and I think he does, and I think that tech wins this game. Uh See, I want to say they can win it handily because I do think they can, but uh, I Texas's guys, uh, I do think they're gonna fight. Uh, you know, they if you watch their presser after they played Tech the first time, they were pissed off. They did, wh- they did fight in that game. I'll give them credit where it's due. A lot of teams could have went into Lubbock and completely folded. Uh, after going down like they did early, but they fought back and got within single digits, and that game was actually much closer at the end than the score showed, so I think that this game will be a close Big 12 fight, like a 4-6 to point win, but I do think it'll be uh, Tech walking out with the W.
0: All right, so that'll do it for us tonight. It is Thursday at 9.15 as we're winding this down. That means we are what is this now? Um, math is hard. 35 hours and some change away from the start of the game. Um, don't forget tomorrow night as baseball season begins, 7 o'clock. If you are fortunate enough, yes. you have a sports you'll be able to watch. And yes, yes, yes. Uh, if not, you will be able to listen to the call on the TTU Sports Network radio. Um, again, Flow Sports sucks. I understand everybody's disappointed about that. We're going to have to deal with a lot of streaming situations this year, but the bright side is, is it's a little easier to put up with that when you're winning. The baseball should be quite good once again. Stay tuned for lots of content tomorrow from Jack Bell. Um, he's going to be our guy on the call. You know, I'm, I'm assuming since he's the only one who may pay for Flow Sports out of You know, this neck of the woods, he'll be the one live tweeting the game. You also may hear from him with some live content before the game, depending on his schedule and how things are going. We're both heading out to Austin. Kendall, we wish you could be joining us. And I'll reiterate, you know, if you find me, which hopefully by now nobody knows what I look like. So I should get away with this. If you find me and say, hello, you will be allowed to tweet something or other from the Viva account within reason. This has not been approved by her managing editor and could get shut down at any moment, but I will try to stick to that promise. So if you do see me say hi, if you see Jack say hi as well. Um, you know, we'll we'll be around. I'm not going to tell you where I am. I don't know where Jack's sitting. So it'll be a bit of a scavenger hunt for those of you who would care to participate.
1: Hopefully, how about, how about if they catch us both at the same time? Like if like if they catch us when we're together, then they get the they get the possible tweet. If they find both of us, if they run into us during that coincidence, coincidence
0: coincidental moment, God, I gotta speak today. Um, I, I I'll think of something. We'll, we'll up the prize a bit for that one because that would take a pretty fortuitous stroke of luck um, to, to to catch us at that moment. Uh, but you know, we we could do like a I don't know, like a little stick, like one of those what do they call like loyalty cards, a little punch card thing. <laughs> yeah. find one than the other. So we'll we'll play that by ear. Uh, But yeah, feel free to say hi to us. Um, Don't boo us. You know, you all know what I'm talking about. Anyways, um, (laughs) but feel free to say hello. And we promise that in person, uh, most of the, the sports commentary I make is not, you know, the stuff that drives you guys nuts on Twitter. Some of it is so, you know. If you do decide to ask me a question about any particular thing, be prepared for what you get. Anyways, I'm going to close this out here after this little rambling spiel. I was ja- I was Michael with Jack and Kendall. We did not have Reed tonight. We were hoping to. We're going to grab him again soon. We're going to try to record a bit more frequently with baseball season now here, and we want to try to make sure every sport gets their due but if we do not, you'll at least hear from us once a week. Our apologies for the, the, the delay between our last episode and this one. Rackham, we appreciate you guys supporting us, supporting the site. Enjoy the game.